and he has no shirt on. And I'm like, wait, is John Denver sexy? Like I, I kind of that in the shower scene without the yes. glasses. I thought yes. it in the shower scene. He and he has shape. a towel, but he's holding it like kind of yeah. between his legs, so you can tell he's total nudie. Hello world, there's a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. A whole lot of loving is what we'll be bringing. We'll make you happy. Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the big wheel generation who grew up thinking Jello was a salad and a banana was a seat. We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear, like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. And today, we'll be digging up a hit movie from 1977 that might be forgotten if we don't spread the good word. So go grab some popcorn and let's save the John Denver, George Burns comedy, Oh God. I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists. I don't know about you guys, but when I was a kid, we didn't go to a ton of movies. It was expensive. It was a very special event. So when the whole family piled in the car to go to the Harmar Mall Theater to see Oh God, you knew it had passed some kind of litmus test. Maybe it was my mom's crush on John Denver. Or maybe (laughs) it was my dad's questioning relationship with the Lutheran Church. I don't know. But either way, this seemingly simple comedy had something for every single person in that Volkswagen Beetle. It sure did. It sure did. And here's the Cliff Notes version of Oh God for anyone who needs a quick refresher. It's modern-day Los Angeles, and by modern-day, we mean 1977. And God has decided to come to Earth once again, in the form of a George Burns-shaped man, in an attempt to find a new messenger and help him spread the word of the Lord. That messenger is John Denver, and the place of their meeting is John Denver's workplace, the local grocery store. (laughs) (laughs) A George Burns-shaped man. <laughs> yes. Very He's so sp- cute. Oh, God. You guys, but can we just pause for a minute to talk about that grocery store? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that might be my favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> the packaging. It's yes. delightful yes. to see the free toes bags, mm-hmm. the Friskies boxes. The tab. The, the tab. The hostess pies yeah, all right. lined up. And um, the cash registers. They're actual yes. cash registers that you the have to ding. push the buttons yeah. down, and on top of the cash registers, you guys, there's S and W green stamps. Oh my dispensers. god, I didn't see that. Yes, yes, it's S and H oh. green stamps. Oh, not that's right, S That's right. That's right. No, thank you for that yes. correction. No. Oh, I loved those. I was really, I was really enamored with the with the pop cans, or for some of you, the soda cans, <laughs> because they had they weren't aluminum yet, and they had the little ridge around the top, and they had mm-hmm. the pop top oh, um, that you threw on the ground, and then somebody cut their foot and had to get a tetanus shot. I loved the tab. I loved the bubble up. I loved the dad's root beer. And when I say I love, I mean, I loved the design of the can when I'm looking at it on the shelf in John Denver's grocery store. Well, and all around the store up high, it's like the the signs that direct you to produce or direct you to the bakery. All the fonts are different. And oh, it was just very classic and very retro and really made me think, gosh, we shopped in grocery stores like that mm-hmm. oh, with yeah. our moms yep. and dads yep. and didn't even No, yeah, yep. that might have been my favorite my favorite scene in the movie. Um anyway, the movie, let's go back to the movie. The movie 
Oh God, was instantly well-received, not just by audiences, but by critics. You guys remember Roger Ebert? (laughs) Well, on January 1st, 1977, Roger Ebert gave Oh God three and a half stars and said it was a treasure of a movie. Wow. And that Reiner, Carl Reiner, who directed it, Reiner is superb at establishing the right tone for this very difficult material, which, wow, that sums it up. It really does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't present it as difficult material in the trailers. Uh-uh. They, of course, presented it as a comedy, just Very like funny. a simple yeah. little family-friendly comedy. But mm-hmm. you're right. It was difficult material. Mm-hmm. And I love I love his use of the right tone. I think that's going to yeah. – we're going to come back and talk about that in a little mm-hmm. bit, but mm-hmm. I think that's key. Um, so anyway – In 1977, you guys, Oh God was keeping very good company in the theaters. So I'm going to give you a list of the top 10 movies released in 1977. We're going to go in reverse order from 10 to 1, and then I'm going to see if you guys can guess what number 1 is. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No spoilers. Okay. Everybody's Um, shouting right now because they all know. They're like, all the people are shouting at their devices Mm -hmm. because they're probably wearing, half of them are wearing the t-shirt of the movie that was number one in 1977. (laughs) Um, Okay. And number, the number 10 spot was Annie Hall. Icon. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Iconic movie. I had to go see that movie in the theater at age eight. How weird is that? Oh, come on. I know. I hated it. Yeah. I think I probably slept. That was about sex and analysis. Well, I don't remember that. I just remember Annie going to see Annie Hall, and it was really boring. Um, okay. In the number nine spot, we have Oh God. And right. that had a box office total of $41,687,243. That's really done. That seems pretty good. Yes, it does. Good job, yeah. Pearl Reiner. Uh, and number eight, The Spy Who Loved Me. Above me. The Spy Who Loved Me is keeping all my secrets safe. Um, in the number seven spot was The Deep. We're going to add that to the classic list. Yikes. They're studying that in film school someplace, right? I bet. That Jacqueline Bissett and Nick Nolte, I I might just have seen that. When I was about to say, Carolyn, didn't you? Haven't you told us before that you saw yes, The Deep? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I did. I know. <laughs> okay. Uh, number six, A Bridge Too Far. What's this one? I don't know this Never one. Never heard of it. Don't I actually it looked is. it up, and it okay. is a um, World War II movie oh. based on a bridge, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and was it too far? I think it, it might have been a little was, too far. It was too far okay. away. Yeah. yeah. Oh, number five, The oh. Goodbye Girl. Baby, goodbye. I saw I'll that. I can watch that now. <laughs> too. I, I did watch it a few months ago. That's a good one. Rich, Richard Dreyfus got um, a Best Actor nomination for mm-hmm. that, I think. Yeah. I was obsessed with Quinn Cummings Me because she was probably too. my age. <laughs> I wanted to be her. Yes. Yeah. She has a great uh, Twitter, a, a Twitter feed, a Twitter account. She's yes, great. Yeah, she's on there. funny. She's Podcast as well, funny. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number four spot Saturday Night Fever. Iconic, but only number Does it get four. More iconic? Wow, isn't that shocking? Well, I, but you know why, right? Was it the end of the year? It sure. was released in December of 1977. So it was at with only a month to watch a movie or three weeks to watch oh, a movie, wow. it got yeah. into the number four spot. Whoa. Right? Yeah. And mm. have no fear. Um, 
fellow preservationists, at some point we will d- devote an entire episode. And how. <laughs> oh, we have lots of thoughts, mm-hmm. um, current thoughts about Saturday Night Fever. Okay, number three, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Were you guys into that? I wasn't. I was into it from, again, I'm going to use the word icon. I was into it from an iconic standpoint um, because we did lots of like Devil's Tower, Play-Doh things and stuff like that, but I never actually saw it. (laughs) (laughs) Play-Doh. I went to a Close Encounters birthday party that was really cool. So I knew all about it and I was into it, but I didn't actually see it. Oh, number two is a movie that I loved and I really want to watch again. Me too. Yes. I, I, I just put it on mine and my husband's list to rewatch. And you guys, that's Smokey and the Bandit. He's pounding down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound just watch your bandit run. And I'm going to put that in the classic category. It's not iconic, but it's definitely a classic. You go back and watch that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It kind of follows on that whole CB history stuff we were talking right. about in, yes. um, in our 1976 episode. So it's kind right. of following and on I the And I loved Sally Field. Oh, I know. And if you guys, are, you guys watch The Good Place, right? If you get stuck mm-hmm. in the middle place, that's all you have to watch. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> okay. And the number one movie, drum, drum roll, roll, please. please. There's one thing to know about 1977, and that is mm-hmm. Star Wars. Is the that number one thing Wars. to know about 1977? It is the OG. I saw that in the yeah. theaters, too, and that might be yeah. the last Star Wars movie I saw in the theaters. Don't at me, everyone. <laughs> That's my funny, quirky thing, that I don't like Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I can't miss out on the fun. I'm going to go anyway. Mm-hmm. And I cry every time the yellow letters scroll up the screen. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't give a shit about the movie, I'm crying. I'm boohooing. Yeah, it's that nipple lightning for you. It is. But this is all to say, this is an amazing group of movies to be it coming is. out all at the same time yes. as Oh God. And here's this movie we kind of thought we forgot about. And look at it, it's holding its own against these... Not just classic, but also iconic films. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find another year that had that many iconic and classic films. And Oh God is number nine? That's incredible. I I think so, too, yeah. Well, I do have to mention one more that didn't make that list. I can't imagine Hmm. why. And um, it was one of my favorites of 1977. It was a movie. Kentucky Fried Movie. (laughs) (laughs) What? Kentucky Fried Movie. No. Kentucky Fried Movie. It was not Kentucky Fried Movie. Much more highbrow than that. This would be the Robbie Benson classic one on one. Oh my god. That he starred oh, with I feel um, you, Annette yeah. O'Toole. Yeah. And I'm sure that was one that I went to with a bunch of my girlfriends because mm-hmm. I'm twelve years old in nineteen seventy seven and just and I loved basketball and I loved Robbie Benson and that's such a good story. And you fell in love. I did fall in love. And you guys, you will not believe this. Hmm. Talk about coincidence. The casting director for one on one. Happens to be the same casting director for, oh God, her oh, name really? is Karen Crittenden. And you guys, buckle up now. You will not believe oh, no. this okay. because she was also the casting director for Star Wars. Oh, no. Can you Wait. effing believe that? Where Sorry. is this woman now? 
She has done other films. I'm a lot, but I'm going to name some of. Our I favorites. would walk away after that. I was I mean, not no, done. No, 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 but high. she didn't. She kept on a roll. She did Three Men and a Baby, Pretty Woman, <gasps> On Golden I Pond. That. Oh, I love the all list. These goes on. She's good at her job. She is. Although I might have to um, have a little discussion about Witness. She casted. She cast Witness, which okay. starred Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. But I always had a little issue with Kelly McGillis as the Amish widow. Do you remember oh. the movie? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Was she too young for Harrison Ford? Is that why you didn't like it? She just didn't she look like an Amish widow. Oh, <laughs> what is she was too Amish pretty. Widow yeah. look like? Well, I don't know. She just looked a little too. Perfect for what an Amish mm-hmm. person would look like me, which is not anything against any of our Amish. <laughs> if you Amish people are listening right now, no offense. <laughs> but um, also, the Amish people couldn't be listening right now nope. because they don't believe in electro- electricity. <laughs> well, they believe in it. They just don't want it. I am going to correct oh, both of you on this because I just listened to a podcast that talked about by Amish people, not, not by Amish people, but it talked about about that Amish would be called a book. <laughs> this was no, it was Dax's most recent podcast, and he was interviewing a woman named Kate Bowler who or Bowler, Kate Bowler. Oh I yeah, think. Hey, and Bowler. Um, anyway, she's a um, theological <laughs> person. Whatever they start talking about Amish people or the Amish. And she said, no, they People can't. People who are experiencing Amishism. <laughs> they, they can't own any of those things, but they can borrow them. So oh, they can yes, borrow their true. neighbor's car. Yes. They can borrow their neighbor's Apple yep. phone, you know, their iPhone to listen to our podcast. We so. know that because my um, my sister-in-law built a new garage and they invited the <laughs> Amish to come help them build it. And they're like, can we use your chainsaw? Yeah, oh my God. And we were like, wait, you can use chainsaws? <gasps> Sucks to be an Amish person's neighbor. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, not your you, you pretty much are your Amish if you're the neighbor because they borrowed all your stuff, all can your I electricity. Your threshing machine? <laughs> well, maybe not if Kelly McGillis is your neighbor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. So I am okay. guessing. <laughs> I am guessing that Karen Crittenden's reputation is probably how she got so many big names to be oh, in yeah. mm-hmm. Oh God. I mean, you guys, there were names like Paul Servino, William Daniels, Ralph Bellamy, Donald Pleasance, Bernard Hughes, Dinah Shore. I mean, these were people <laughs> mm-hmm. that – and they only had little bitty roles. It's not like they had starring mm-hmm. roles, but they signed on to this. And, and e- they were perfect. They e- were for those perfect. Tiny, you know, they were on screen for a few minutes, but they were perfection. They mm-hmm. were exactly what the role needed. Yeah. Even Carl Reiner made an appearance as himself. And mm-hmm. as Michelle pointed out, he was the film's director. Mm-hmm. So maybe yeah. no surprise that he was um, had a little bit part in there. Just like he did in Dick Van Dyke, where he was the creator uh-huh. of Dick That's Van Dyke, right. but he would cameo as Alan right. Brady. So he was the director, and the movie was actually adapted from a book by an author named Avery Corman, who, interestingly enough, also wrote the book Kramer versus Kramer that was made into a <gasps> that movie. That was made from a book? Yes. I had no idea. So the book, Oh God, was adapted into a screenplay by comedy writer Larry Gelbart. He actually was nominated for an Oscar for his screen adaptation of that book for the Oscars that year for Oh God. Coincidentally, he also did Tootsie, which we all are well um, Mm -hmm. familiar with, and was the comedy genius behind MASH. Oh, wow. Yeah. Pretty cool guy. Oh, I can see that. I can totally see that. 
Well, Larry actually originally wanted to cast Mel Brooks as God and Woody Allen as Jerry. Oh, no. 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 Luckily for all of us, they both had other commitments. And therefore, we were graced with George Burns and John Denver, which in retrospect is a true piece of casting brilliance. In my opinion. And actually, those two people would have made a really funny movie, but it would be a completely Mm -hmm. different movie. Definitely. It would be a neurotic madcap movie. Instead of this very earnest and soul-satisfying movie. Mm -hmm. Yes. I was just going to use that word, too. I think John Denver, his casting is is perfect as Jerry because he is so earnest in this movie. I mean, honestly, he's so earnest in real life. I mean, he sings with the Muppets, for God's sake. Right, right. I don't know. I just think he was perfect and he was very believable. Roger Ebert uh, did as well because in Roger Ebert's review, he said, John Denver is well cast, sincere, believable, and that face so open and goofy. (laughs) Yes, he was goofy, but in a very endearing way. Like you really were rooting for him. Oh, the whole time. I kept thinking Mm -hmm. as I was watching it, John Denver really does play a really good John Denver. Like yes, that's, yeah. that's, that's no, that, right. you know, that's how mm-hmm. John Denver, I think, would well, have been in real life if God had visited mm-hmm. him. Because I think at the time, John Denver was so beloved, you couldn't help but love Jerry. And if you're listening yeah. to this and you didn't love John Denver, just turn us off. Yeah. Right. No, just kidding. <laughs> or watch Oh God and I change your mind. This right. is true. Mm-hmm. Watch Oh God. And he yeah. was a good actor. So oh, often yeah, I expect people who are who are singers and entertainers in that arena to think that they can transfer over to the movie business and they can't necessarily sell it. It feels like they're in a high school play or something. But he was very, well, like Roger Ebert said, he was very sincere. And he, I totally believed every word he said. Oh, mm-hmm. I did too. I think um, it was a perfect casting moment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as well as i don't want us to forget about terry gar because we already said she starred in another blockbuster the same year how does that Mm -hmm. happen you guys we just we named movies richard dreyfus was in two of them i mean that doesn't seem to happen as much anymore where in the same year you would get one actor or actress that played um in both movies and so well, now they're too busy on their social media. Well, true. I Maybe know. back then mm-hmm. they had all this free time on their hand because they didn't have to update their Instagram. Well, that's right. <laughs> or write their own movie or you know, right. their memoir or whatever. Right. But and it, how, what kind of a couple? They were just the cutest couple. Yeah. John Denver and Terry Gar, I would never have put together before. But they are an adorable couple with some great chemistry. And at one point they're in bed together and he has, and he has no shirt on. And I'm like, <laughs> wait. Is John Denver sexy? Like I it thought of that in the shower scene shower without scene? the glasses. I thought yes. it in the shower scene. He and he has shape. a towel, but he's holding it like kind of yeah. between his legs, so you can tell he's total nudie. And I'm with like, the oh, hair but, wet, oh. so yes. it's not that kind of bowl cut. Right. I think Terry Gar. First of all, I adored Terry Gar. She's in some of my most favorite movies mm-hmm. in the late seventies and early eighties. Mr. Mom, one of my favorite favorite movies. And she's perfect in this movie. And her wardrobe in this movie? So cute. I want it. I want everything in her closet. All of these little color-blocked knit shirts with little collars Mm -hmm. and her little jumpers and Mm -hmm. her short shorts with her wedge sandals. Her whole wardrobe was adorable. Yeah. So, Carolyn, you mentioned, yeah, Paul Servino uh, and Ralph Bellamy, who when I saw him, when I just rewatched this the other night, 
I, I shout out, Pretty Woman, he's the lawyer in Pretty Woman. Oh, and that's yeah. what I instantly, he's James Morse in Pretty Woman. Yeah, which Karen Crittenden um, cast, so she seems to that, cast oh, a lot that's of right. great. Oh. Yes. And what about Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World? Yes. George Summers is in this movie. And I was like, who is that? Because he's so darn young. But those eyes, those piercing blue eyes, um, Mr. Feeney. And then, do you guys know who... Who the son is? Who John Denver and Terry Garcia? No, is? but he's a perfect cast. I don't he know who that kid cast. is, but he looks well, just like John Denver. Does he look familiar to you guys? Yes, he does look familiar, mm-hmm. but I don't know who it yeah, is. Who okay, is that? he's familiar because his name is Moosey Dreyer, and he showed up in a lot of '70s TV shows. Most notably, what you guys might be remembering him from is he played Howard's son on the Bob Newhart show. He showed up in a lot of other '70s shows. He showed up in Different Strokes, Family Ties, Homeward Bound. Just to name a few. So he got a lot of work as a child actor. Okay, so for those of you listening who might not have seen this movie since 1977, um, or who are wondering, hmm, do I want to rent that again? It's $2.99 on Amazon, (laughs) by the way. Did you guys find it free anywhere? No, no, I didn't. Okay. But I almost bought it because it's only five ninety nine to buy it. <laughs> oh, I, like, Maybe I might I have buy to buy it now. Yeah, yeah. I think. Okay, Carolyn's so if you're wondering, it. should I? Should I? Uh, I can't really remember if I loved that movie. We're going to give you a brief recap, and by brief, I mean I'm the one giving it. So <laughs> <laughs> grab a snack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So we already talked about the grocery store, and that's the first scene of the movie. Um, and then right away, we know these important things about our main character, Jerry. As we've said, that's John Denver. He's a grocery store manager. He drives a sweet red AMC Pacer. And you guys forget heartwarming messages. That's quite probably one of the most noteworthy things you need to know about this entire movie. Agreed. It's like one of the characters in the movie, the Pacer is. So cute. Yeah. It is. And it was so low to the ground. I, I couldn't believe it. It's like they're riding on a skateboard. I know. I know. Well, I read that they um, actually chose the Pacer because of the high roof and... I hope I'm not giving anything away oh. when I say that um, they could uh-huh. put the pipes in there for the oh, scene where it rains the, inside oh, the car. Oh, in the car. Yes. yes, and you don't notice the pipes because yeah. they could do that in there. So, uh, Okay, and then his wife, Terry Gar, as we've said, she's um, obviously concerned about her um, breast size or her biceps because <laughs> right away we see her using this kind of thigh master clamshell-looking contraption at bedtime. Um, while she's wearing a baby doll nightie. Now, just picture like a clamshell in your hand and squeeze it, squeeze it, squeeze it, squeeze it, squeeze it, squeeze <laughs> just it. Just like a thigh master. Uh-huh, like a hands. little thigh master. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and John Denver right away is like, you don't need to use that, which is really cute. It was <laughs> very horrible. cute. And you know what's funny is that when she started doing that, and then they have this whole interchange about, he's like, you know, if you th- you're doing that for me, you don't need to. And then he goes over and he kisses her like right between the boobs. And it's very sweet. Yeah. And I had not seen this movie since I saw it in the theater theater in 1977 and I remembered that whole Aww. exchange almost word for word. Oh wow. Really? I know, isn't that crazy? For some reason that made an impact on me. Maybe because it was just a very sweet couple moment. It is. Yeah. And Carolyn, didn't you say, didn't you tell us that little clamshell device is Yeah, it actually it's was hers, actually. Garth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Brought it in from home. I kind of like Brought one. It in from home. <laughs> I kind of want I kind of want one. I'll just to lift that. them off the ground a little bit. So we see Jerry and Terry Gar's name is Bobby. We see Jerry and Bobby doing the mundane, the mundane nightly married life stuff, like open mail and clip coupons in bed, as you do. Um, and, you know, wonder <laughs> With if they scissors had... scissors in a paper Giant magazine. scissors. Yeah. Not and safe. wonder if they had sex recently, you know, just so we know that they have a typical loving marriage. And then things get interesting. 
Jerry opens a letter that is a typewritten invitation to meet God for an interview the next day. They both immediately think it's a prank from his friend, and he throws it in the trash can. But then later in the middle of the night, the letter appears under his pillow, and you guys, seemingly, he's not nearly creeped out enough about this, (laughs) I don't think. He just reads it again, rips it up, and throws it back (laughs) in the trash. I feel like you should be a little more creeped out. Well, I think um, he thought this. he it, it was this is the way I took it. He was waking up, he was clouded with sleep, so he didn't have the wherewithal for oh, a okay. proper reaction. He's like, I clearly didn't throw this the way I thought I threw it. I'm going to throw it now. Mm, okay. His mind was clouded by the image of Bobby using the clamshell the for clamshell. an answer mm-hmm. before bed. Uh, So then the next day, the letter reappears intact in a head of lettuce at the supermarket. (laughs) And so, okay, now he's freaked out. I think it was the lettuce that clinched it. So he meets God in the form of George Burns, who tells him he has been chosen to be his messenger, and also that he's disappointed in himself for avocados. (laughs) (laughs) He has one-liners. George Burns as God has, we could just sit here and list the one-liners that George yes. Burns has. The avocado is a huge disappointment because Why? the seed is too big. Yep. He made That's the seed too big. Too big. That's he right. apologizes for that. Mm-hmm. It's a good point. Yes, it is. Um, so God tells Jerry that his job is simply to tell everyone that everything will be okay. That everyone on earth has everything they need. They just need to basically be kind to each other and help each other. So after some understandable hesitation, and then about a 15-minute question and answer with God in his bathroom while he's standing there, as we said, in Negan. nothing but a towel and mm-hmm. wet and nothing but a towel. And how oh, weird. Really cute. Are we really talking about John Denver in this way, guys? <laughs> yes. I, I'm as surprised wow. as you are. Wait. Because remember, this is my mom's crush. And I was like, ew, mom, no. But I'm looking at him naked in the shower going, <laughs> okay, was my mom right? Um, so yeah, so after a 15 minute Q and A with God in the bathroom to make sure he's legit, not to mention a rainstorm that God creates inside the blessed pacer, you guys, Crazy. my heart, when all the water's pouring out of the pacer, <laughs> I'm know. like, oh my God, please save the pacer. If you do I nothing know. else, <laughs> if you do nothing else in this movie, <laughs> save the pacer. Um, Jerry, then he, he, he believes he throws himself into being the Messiah and he makes a what I think is a very bold decision <laughs> to go directly to the LA Times yes. <laughs> to spread the word that God is speaking to him. I mean, my goodness, dear, you go big or you go home. Right. Right. Because mm-hmm. certainly they'll believe you. Right. Of course. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they don't. Um, and But the guy writes like a like a kind of a, a little tiny, gives him maybe four sentences in the paper that's pretty much mocking him. And so this Jerry, guy, this this reporter at yeah. the LA Times, that's a character actor that nobody knows his name, but you've seen him in a mil- million things. And this little scene where the reporter is listening to the story and clearly thinks he's nuts is fantastic. And you can see him slowly reach for the letter opener <laughs> yeah. and like, move it away. I'm just going to put it in a drawer right now. Yeah. He just does it so well. He does. So Jerry quickly becomes a laughing stock in Los Angeles. He's an embarrassment to his family. His kids don't want to speak to him. And he, not to mention, it puts his job in jeopardy, to which God says, lose a job, save a world. Not a bad deal. <laughs> <laughs> He's just um, there to put everything in perspective. Right. And so, uh, yeah, so Jerry keeps going. And then things get really crazy when Dinah Shore invites him on her show. And as we said of note, 
her guest that day is Carl Reiner, who is the director of this film. And she has Jerry describe God to a police sketch artist. And you guys, poor Jerry, he I just know. goes for it. He describes the yeah. fishing hat and the little glasses. He doesn't at all try to say, oh, he's this bearded, he's wearing a long you know, robe and he carries a big staff and he has a long beard. No, he basically describes George Burns. And so, of course, the sketch is of George Burns, which throws the country into hysterics. And then suddenly the media and religious fanatics are camping out on Jerry's lawn. And Dinah Shore does such a great job in this scene where she's like, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you God. Yes. And then she turns around the picture of George Burns. <laughs> uh, okay, so then the theology department at the college, obviously they've gotten wind of this, um, and obviously they too think Jerry's a fake. So they invite him to a meeting and request he ask God 50 questions that only God can answer. So Jerry is sequestered in a hotel room with all these questions written in an ancient language, not knowing how the hell he's supposed to answer them when God shows up as a room service waiter, naturally, <laughs> and answers them for him. And one of the questions that the theology department wants to ask God is, is Jesus Christ your son? And after God says a few things, he says, Jesus was my son. Buddha was my son. Muhammad, Moses, you, the man who said there was no room in the inn was my son. And so was the one who charges $11 for steak in this one. Let's, let's mush on. Everyone is my son. And mm -hmm. you're, it's like the people who were, yay, Jesus is my son, thought that their team was winning. He's like, calm down, everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Calm down. Yeah. Yep. It's a beautiful moment. Did I you also it. notice in that scene that the TV in the hotel room is showing the Dick Van Dyke show? No, I yeah. didn't. Mm -hmm. Of course it is. That's of course it is. Perfect Easter egg moment. Yeah. Kristen. And moments. then George Burns looks at it and he goes, ugh, so many repeats. Oh, funny. <laughs> I, that went over my head. And here, oh, there, so this, um, this theology department at this college is full of this panel of people <laughs> from all sorts of different religions right, right, right. And, and denominations. And there's one character there. He's a televangelist played uh -huh. by Paul Sorvino. <laughs> uh -huh. And again, haven't seen it since 1977. And when that guy came on the screen, I realized that the impression that my brother has been doing of a televangelist since the 1970s is based on this movie. Hello, this is Kristen's brother, and uh, here is the imitation that I've been doing since I was seven. And God said, across my palm with silver, for ye is the Lord, I said, yes, can I hear you say yes, yes, cross the palm. <laughs> Willie, Willie Williams. He's Willie, he's Willie, Willie Williams. Williams. And he's been doing this since he was seven years old. And it's old. from Oh God. And it's oh from Oh gosh. God. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so as you said, so God instructs Jerry to tell the televangelist, that's Paul Servino as Willie Williams, um, at his arena church service, uh, he, he says to tell him that, go up and tell him that he's a fraud and basically that he needs to shut up. Mm -hmm. Which Jerry does, but he does it in the microphone <laughs> so everyone can hear. So obviously there's a scuffle. Jerry gets sued. Jerry refuses a lawyer. It's super stressful. Like John it's Denver very... is thrashing. They're trying to pull him off the stage. And he's kind of, he's kind of screeching a little bit. He's like, ah, ah. <laughs> It's a kind of a harrowing moment. But it's also an endearing moment because John Denver is just trying to do his job. I know. He's just and trying to do his job. He just believes it so much yes. that he doesn't think there's anything wrong to tell him that um, he's basically a crook. He's taking all your money, people. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so he refuses a lawyer, and I love the judge says, tough time for you to be alone. And Jerry says, I won't be alone. Oh, oh mic drop, yeah, Jerry, drop. right? Okay. So they're in court. So Willie Williams and his lawyer, who is John Morse from Pretty Woman, Rob, uh, Ralph Bellamy, Bellamy. Ralph Bellamy um, they are, you know, he's got the whole team of lawyers and they are suing John Denver for slander. So John Denver shows up and he's just him and Bobby are the only ones sitting at his table. No lawyer. Yeah. He doesn't need a lawyer because mm-hmm. um, he's not alone, he says. And so when it's his time to speak on his behalf, um, he calls God to the stand and everybody pauses for a brief moment. Of course, nobody comes in, but Jerry would like to prove that just because everybody paused, doesn't that tell you that that there's a belief that this could possibly be true? Well, of course, they don't buy it. God, George Burns, walks in, takes the stand. With his fishing cap and his Everybody's runners. like, who is this? Who is yeah. this? And I love this part. He's like, swear me in. And they say, do you agree to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth? So help you, God. And George Burns says, So help me, me. <laughs> it's the best line in the whole movie. So, so help, help me, me. me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And everybody obviously thinks this is just another, this is just a farce, this is ridiculous. Um, but then, you know, God starts doing some very godlike things. He, he does some magic tricks with cards, pick a card, any card, <laughs> basically. He disappears, he reappears. And then he gives a really heartwarming speech while invisible, because he can tell people still aren't believing. And he gives this really heartwarming speech. And I just love at the end, he says, However hopeless, helpless, mixed up and scary it all gets, it can work. You find it hard to believe in me, maybe it would help you to know that I believe in you. Yeah. I love it. And that's sort of the end. He walks out, the doors open. Do you guys, I always remember this part where you can see his shoe, his footprints in the carpet and you yes. see the, the gates swing open. Mm-hmm. He walks to the back, the doors open and shut. I remember that very specifically from when I was a child. And everybody's got their head turned. They're watching, they're their watching head is an turned invisible. toward this voice, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there's nobody there. Yeah. And then the doors swing open and shut and they just continue to watch nothing. Mm-hmm. They're watching nothing, mm-hmm. but they're all moved. They know something happened. Right. Right. And so God walks away and he says he's going to go spend some time with animals. And he likes leaves, animals. He, he doesn't like animals. He's going to spend some time with animals. Yeah. I like and, animals. Oh, and he's wearing a safari yes. outfit. Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> and um, Jerry is a little bit a little bit taken back because he's, he's become quite fond, I think, of God. Yeah. And he says, Sometimes, uh, now and then, couldn't we just talk? I'll tell you what. You talk, I'll listen. And then he oh, turns around. Did you hear Kristen? She just went, oh, God. Oh. <laughs> That's when you need to, please, uh, Carolyn, please just right after she says it, put the rim shot in. Please just insert the da <laughs> And actually, John Denver does that about 10 times in the movie. And it's yes, he does. awesome. It's oh, so God. awesome. He says it like oh, in shock God. a lot. And oh, then God. Go, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. But at the, the end of the movie, after he says, you talk. I'll listen. And he touches Jerry's face lightly. And then he turns around in his little safari suit and he walks away through a park and he's getting further and further away. And eventually he disappears. And you guys, I got choked up. Aw. I really did. Sunshine in my eyes can't make me cry. than ecumenical. It's multi-religious. 
right? Because right. It's, it's not even just about all Christian denominations. It's about all religions of the world. And so, but it was not considered, it certainly wasn't a Christian movie. So I just wonder, would this be possible in today's d- divided culture? Like today, would they, mm-hmm. would we accept this movie as it is, as the gift that it is? Or would it be too religious for one group of people and too woke for another group of people? No, I don't think so. And to your earlier point, what I think, um, I think the message of this movie was much broader than a religious message. I think the, I think it's a message that's rooted in humanity almost Very more right. than it yeah. is in a religious belief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Larry, the, who adapted Larry Gebhardt or Gelbart. Larry Gelbart is Jewish. Carl Reiner is Jewish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, in some of the research I was doing, I, fr- I think it's Larry is a Jewish atheist. Can you be that? I mean, he's yeah, just like yeah, so yeah. anti, not anti, but yes, he was a Jewish atheist is how he was described. And I think so is, was John Denver half Jewish? Oh, he may have been half Jewish. I, don't know. I have to don't quote me on that, okay. but I think that's possible. Yeah, and Roger Ebert even noted in his review by saying uh, all of this that we're saying as well. He said, part of the movie's charm is in the way it surprises us by treating its subject matter with affection and respect. I went in expecting blasphemous jokes and cheap shots at religion, since serious subjects so rarely make it into comedies these days, except as targets. But no, Oh God is lighthearted, satirical, humorous, and that rarest of qualities in good taste. That is mm-hmm. perfectly said. That's exactly yeah. what it is. And so I think it would be very difficult for different groups to blast this movie. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I just wondered at the time, you know, how did people from various religious backgrounds approach it? And it sounds like people from all corners of all religions really, really loved this movie. Mm-hmm. So I was just curious, like, oh, so where are we today in terms of religious people versus 1977? In 1977, 71% of the population belonged to a church. Today, or in 2018 anyway, 50% of the population belongs to a church. But at the same time, many people who don't go to church now classify themselves as spiritual but not religious. Mm -hmm. SBNR for short. (laughs) And so I think those people who are spiritual and not religious, they really... They really like the notion of a God, but they don't like the structure exactly. or the right. or the definitions mm-hmm. put upon them by a church, like what you should and shouldn't believe, or Absolutely. are your gay friends going to hell, Absolutely right? Absolutely agree. They yep. are not about that. And so this movie speaks specifically to that. It's almost better for today's people than I, it was yes. in 1977. Right, right. And that's what I think. I, you know, when I was thinking about that, does it hold up now? I will say that other than the fact that... My husband and I were like, oh, it moves kind of slow. However, that's what we think of all the movies from the 1970s it's and 80s because it's a different pace. type of yes. pace. Yeah. And it's a lot of dialogue, lots and lots of dialogue. Um, but, but like we've been saying, the, it's the message that mm-hmm. definitely holds up, which is basically everything can be okay if we are just kind to each other, help mm-hmm. each other, use what we have. So it's just, I'm going to go, I'm, I am going to say it again. That it's a message of humanity. Absolutely. That's the way I choose to view yeah. it because everything oh, you just yeah. said, Kristen, is definitely me, is how mm-hmm. I me too. is I'm is how I I don't even know, know how you want to use the word believe, but how I feel. Mm-hmm. So I I can really buy into this whole George Burns spreading the message of yeah. just be kind to each other, help each other, use what you have. And it's not about being a member of a church. It's not about how many times you go to church. Right. And even in the movie, John Denver says, why me? Why me? I don't even go to church. Yeah. Yeah. And George Burns says, neither do I. Yeah. 
<laughs> and it was like, yes, it's not about showing uh-huh. up and getting credit. It's about the things that you do for other people. Right. That, yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, he makes, he says and has distinct lines that refer to, it's, I'm not religion. Like, it, this is not about religions. Um, this is yeah. kind of about a faith. And when John Denver is questioning, well, why don't you help us? Why don't you do these things and help us out? And he said, I gave you each other. Yes. And to oh, me, yes. that was yeah. just like, mm-hmm. again, mic drop. Yep. Do you know where the term spiritual but not religious started? No. No. It started in the early 2000s with the advent of dating apps. Oh. <laughs> if you wanted to list your religion and it would list all these different things and at the bottom it would say spiritual but not religious. And more and more people started classifying themselves that way. Wow. I like that. When he goes, you have, in the movie, when he said, you have everything you need, like you have, you're Johnny Appleseed, I gave you the seeds. You have everything you need. Brian goes, yeah, I gave you masks. I gave you vaccines. <sighs> I, oh my right? God. Shit. Oh my God. Seriously. Yes. I, mean, I have a whole on. bunch. I have a whole I bunch of stuff. I gave you scientists. That, I gave yes. the scientists the knowledge to create these vaccines. the brains and the ambition to find this information. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Kristen, you've asked the question: Could this movie be made today? And I wholeheartedly say yes. So much so that I've decided the three of us are going to remake it. We are going oh, to. I think we should. Yes. Yes. We are going to adapt the screenplay into a 2021 setting. Yeah, and because this is people need these messages right they do. now. They do right yeah. freaking now. Did they you guys see it. Evan? Have you seen Evan Almighty? Yes, that's yes. a great movie. But and that's, I, I mean, was, that's more that's more Noah's Ark, but but same it's still oh god, it's the same God movie, talk, right? Yes. So now we need it today where we could use certain um, even I mean, with the, the same Terry Gar exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Carol and I love it. I'm on board. I Alrighty. am too. I'm on so board. we're going to cast it right now. We are going mm-hmm. to cast our okay remake. And okay. ladies and gentlemen, I would like to tell you who I would like to play. I'm so excited. I know. I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> so God would be played by Lily Tomlin. Oh, that's good. Oh, you win. Oh, my God. You win. I think you win. You totally win. I, I thought I was going to win, but I you thought win. I was going to win, too. Okay. Well, should we all? That doesn't true. We can all have good um, choices, but I will tell you right now, I love my choice. Yeah. But I love your choice better. I still love my choice, too. But okay, that well, Lily Tomlin. That's fantastic. Oh, so good. Yeah. Well, thank so you. So good. So do you want me, do you want me, or should we hear Oh, yeah. Your... Should we all tell our God? Yes. Okay. Why don't, okay. Who is your God, Kristen? <laughs> okay. So can I, <laughs> I'm going to give you who my runners up were. Oh, um, of, course of course you are. Yes. Yeah. I, only because I want to, sh- I want to show my it's evolution. Math. It's okay. It's, and it's more than math because I needed to show my evolution. At first I thought Ed Asner, but you know, he died. Oh, yeah. And he might be a little too authoritative. A little too gruff. And then, this is a controversial choice, but I was like, what about Larry David? Ooh. Hmm. I think he could really do it. I think the he question could pull it is, off. could mm-hmm. he bring enough heart to it? When he cares about something, he can really bring some heart to stuff. We just have to make sure he doesn't get too irreverent, but I think that could really work. But the winner, my winner, mm-hmm. to play God, is Henry Winkler. Oh, oh, that's good really job. good. Too. That's a good one, right? Yes, yeah, so good. He's got all the heart, but yes. he's got that dry oh. humor. Yes, right. So Very good. good too. Very but he's good. a little goofy, like Barry Zuckerman uh-huh. and Arrested Development. I think yes. he's got it all. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I like that. It's very good. Okay, mine is not nearly as good as yours, <laughs> but I just because the show um, that this person is on right now is 
just my all-time favorite show that I've watched in a long time. So I picked Wanda Sykes as God oh. because she is so freaking hilarious. Yes. She's a female and Larry I David. I thought she would be a good, she would I be a good God, right? Be a great Let's just God. say she's, she's definitely third on, I mean, she definitely does not hold a candle to Lily Tomlin or Henry Winkler, but I do still think she would She should pull play it off. a God. Yeah. She, she could definitely yeah. play a God. Yeah. And the show, if uh, those of you listening, if you haven't watched the other two on HBO Max, <laughs> you are missing out. Yeah, uh, she's hilarious that in show. that show. That is a great show. All right. Let's move on to the character of Jerry. The John Denver mm-hmm. character. The John Denver character. Mm-hmm. And I cast Kristen Bell as Jerry. Oh, oh that's cute. She's kind of already played it, hasn't she? Kind of. Has, so maybe yeah. that's a little typecasting. In a reverse way. In but, a little um, reverse way. Yeah. So I've got Kristen yeah. playing Jerry. And, okay. And she can keep I the can name Jerry. Because that can mm-hmm. be a girl's name. Mm-hmm. For sure. G-E-R-I. Yes. All right, Kristen. Who's your Okay, Jerry? I'm going to give you my runners up again. <sighs> and clearly, I'm thinking inside the box because I chose all men. Um which just shows you what society does to us. Um, okay, so my third runner-up, because it was the first person that I was like, oh, this is perfect, was Steve Zahn. But yeah, then I thought totally could do. He, he could, would he could really do it. pull it off well, right? But it changes so the story a little bit because he's, he's 53. He's our age. And the John Denver character is probably in his 30s with young children. Then my second runner-up, and I was really proud of this one. I think he could really pull this off. Adam Driver. Yeah. Oh, they don't like it. (laughs) Oh, well, it's only my girls would be all over that one. I mean, they, you know, that he, he's basically, I actually thought you were going to pick Harry Styles. Um, but oh, no, no, no. (laughs) I'm only kidding. That was a joke. Um, we're just going to kiss. I have a hard time. Um, Adam Driver's too serious, I think. Oh, Um, but have you seen him in comedies? He's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. He has a good dry sense of humor. That's true. And he can be very vulnerable, and he can be madcap, and he can do that, what's happening? I don't know what's happening. (laughs) Okay, that one kind of went over like a fart in church. Um, But here's my winner. Okay. Here's my winner, and I'm super proud of this one. I think this is fantastic. Michael Sarah. Oh, yeah. yeah, That's a really good one. George Michael from Arrested Development. Okay. That's excellent. Isn't that good? Mm-hmm. So imagine Michael Sarah and Henry Winkler reunited for Oh God. They could be, yeah. Barry Zuckercorn and George Michael. All right. Well, again, mine's, those are excellent choices. I thought mine was good until now. So, <laughs> um, again, Wait, I just picked I someone. Just I did this very quick. I just yeah, want to because it took me a little while, and I'm still not yet. When you said Michael Sarah, the person's face that popped in oh, my no. head was... John Cena, you know that the guy. No, no, like, no. But I okay, that that's was why good. your face was like, hmm? No, actually, I was thinking that was good. Like, this really. No, that's not good. No. Okay. Really? Okay. We'll take that out. I you can't be rock. buff and be John Denver. That's not, yeah, not The Rock, oh. not John yeah. Cena. You have to have the more rock. vulnerability than that. Okay. okay. All right, so I'll cross the rock off my list. Yep. Um, no, again, I did this very quickly. So I just went with shows I'm currently watching. Sure. And I happen to be watching also sometimes um, a cute show on Hulu. I think it's on ABC right now. It's called Home Economics. But it stars Topher Grace, which is who oh, I put as oh no, my cherry. And he's that's maybe a really little good. older. Um, but I think he's in his 30s now, right? Yeah, he's in his 30s. And he plays the character he plays on this cute little sitcom I occasionally watch called Home Economics. He plays a really um, Jerry-like um, character. So I no, thought Michelle, of him immediately. that's a good pick. Yeah. That's a oh, really thank good you. pick. 
Thank you. I still think it pales in comparison to you guys' picks, but that's okay. We'll oh, keep I think going. That's a good one. Okay, are we going to cast Bobby? Well, I am. I did. Mm-hmm. I did. Okay, yeah, I, did. I did. Again, I did it very quickly. <laughs> well, I had to cast Bobby, and since we are producing this, um, means we will be on set. We will be helping oh, yeah. direct this, oh, this okay. film, here and we go. so you're right. <laughs> I, I had to go here. Okay. It might not mm-hmm. be the best casting in your opinion but this person does have a lot of um questions and definitely atheist and i think he could play bobby very well and that he could go with your your jerry yes and he and jerry have this kind of on-screen chemistry i'm gathering this would be Mm -hmm. mr dax shepherd dax shepherd i like how bobby and jerry are interchangeable i do too didn't that work out really Mm -hmm. well that worked out really well and then god you know that Mm -hmm. works too i'm gonna tell you though i was secretly hoping you were going to go with a female for your bobby character i thought that that, would be good that would have been you were gonna go all female cast and you were also going to switch it up by having a lesbian couple, which well, yeah. would work. And Kristen, I mean, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we could. I mean, we went female God. You and I went female God. So why not? Yeah. I'm sorry, I mean, but I got to get I'm, Dax. I just, that's not my, my last <laughs> shot at getting, mm-hmm. you know, getting a one-on-one with him. Well, okay. just like a dialogue conversation, not any <laughs> other kind of one-on-one. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that's why I, you, um, insert the rim shot, please, after you do that. <laughs> Please, don't, don't, don't. Oh, boy. Okay. Who's your Bobby, Kristen? Um, I have a second runner-up, which is uh, Zoe Deschanel. Um, she would make a good Bobby, mm, yeah. but it's highly dependent okay. on who the Jerry is. And yeah. so if Michael Sarah is our Jerry, I think a better Bobby would be to reunite him with maybe, from Arrested Development, Alia yeah. Shawkat. Yeah. I think she would be a great Bobby, and then it's sort of like George Michael finally gets together with maybe. <laughs> See, but I think I, the whole time I would be watching our Oh God, I would be thinking of them as George Michael and maybe because no. ca- basically <laughs> just recast Arrested Development, Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> Except she looks super, super different now. She so does I think look that super different. Help. Yeah. The only thing, um, and I'm only just playing devil's advocate here because I absolutely love your choices for actors because I like her a lot. I feel like she's super intelligent. She's yeah. super smart. And so I see Bobby, like I said earlier, she wasn't ignorant. She was just very kind of, maybe a little clueless, very kind Well, she had blind faith, simple. I think is what it is. Yes. She had blind faith and she was a little black and white. And so I know you can't see God because that's not how it works. Yeah. And you're yeah. right. Maybe, I don't maybe know might that be. Actress, um, she, to me, every time I even see her and other stuff, mm-hmm. she's always playing someone super like smart and very it. intellectual. Mm-hmm. The cat, the, I think the character of Bobby would have to change a little bit to maybe instead of being freaking out about blind faith, to instead try and show him how logically okay. this can't work. This according could work. To yeah, that would logic. be Dax for sure. All right, yeah. Yeah. lay out the. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm trying to help be. calm him down. This isn't possible. Right. Okay, dear one. All right, so. My Bobby, again, thinking of this in literally the few minutes before we started recording, and I happened to be scrolling Instagram. (laughs) And I follow this person on Instagram, and I was like, oh, bingo, there's my Bobby. And that is Jenna Fisher. Oh, oh, that's I a could good see choice her too. As, I could totally see her with Topher Grace, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought they would be cute together. Yep. Um, and then I had my Wanda Sykes as I liked my cast. Yes. Um, I think I have a solid cast. I'm sticking with Michael Sarah and Henry Winkler. Even though I really admire your picks and I think they're really good picks, I the thing that was really important to me about this movie that surprised me was the heartstrings they were able to pull and really make me feel. And so um 
I want to do more than just laugh. I want things to be profound. And I want that moment where George Burns touches him on the cheeks and he says, I tell you what, you talk and I'll listen. And mm-hmm. I want my chest and to can... tighten up a little bit. It yep. can't be a bump bump. So anything. maybe it's not a comedian. Although yeah. George Burns was a comedian. He yeah. did it mm-hmm. very, he pulled it off well. But I do see Henry Winkler doing that. And that's why, yeah, I'm sticking with my picks because I feel like Henry Winkler has really got that. Fonzie really mm-hmm. grew up well. He really yeah. did, and I really mm-hmm. love him. But since this was my idea, I got the final <laughs> say. So we can, they can all screen Okay, test. you cast it then. Yeah. He can be mm-hmm. the judge or something. You know, there are a lot of other parts he would be that a good stars judge. played. That's, that's a, a good, good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah. Your people would get parts. They just wouldn't oh, get thanks. the main thanks. parts because I've already cast okay. them at the end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So whether or not we're able to remake our own version of Oh God, the truth is we still have the 1977 version out there. And we're living in an abundance of content right now. There's so much, even coming out of a time when we couldn't go to the movies for a really long time. But resurrecting movies like Oh God, pun intended, oh, right? <laughs> I think is really worthwhile. Because not only do you get a great story told really well that speaks so clearly to our current moment, completely family-friendly so you can watch it with your mom in her new condo, but you also get to revisit a time period with AMC pacers and telephone booths and high-waisted mm-hmm. plaid bell-bottoms. And that's fun, and it's strangely comforting, too. Mm-hmm. This is just another movie for all of our society members to add to their watch list. That is a wrap for today. Thank you so much for listening. And in the words of George Burns, however hopeless, helpless, mixed up, and scary it all gets, it can work. Just try to take care of each other. I love that. I love that, you guys. And I love that we have each other. This is just, um, and our society members, we've just, we're all in this together, people. And Mm -hmm. we can't wait um, to have some more fun with you guys next week when we'll be giving the microphone to our listeners who have some horrible horror stories to share. (laughs) The kind of horror that only comes from gym class in the Gen X era. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? Mm -hmm. Um, And in case you missed it earlier, please follow where you are listening, click those stars, leave a review, and share our podcast with friends. It's the only way we'll be able to keep on trucking. And in the meantime, let's raise our glasses for a toast, courtesy of the 70s answer to friends, roommates Jack Tripper, Janet Wood, and Chrissy Snow. To good times. To happy days. To Little House on the Prairie. Cheers. 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 Information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast belong solely to me, the Crushologist, and Carolyn and Hello Newman, and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, I guess there's always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded at Modern Well, a woman-centered co-working space in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanu Nanu, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you. We get out.